If you have your Bible, you can go with me to the book of John, book of John chapter uh, number 15. Uh, and in the uh, passage uh, this evening, uh, we're going to learn about the secret to a fruitful uh, life, the secret to a fruitful life. Uh, you know, everyone in uh, the world, no one wants to live a miserable life. If you ask somebody, you say, what is your goal in life? Nobody is going to say, I hope it's uh, filled with, you know, suffering and misery and it's terrible. Nobody wants that. Uh, even though there, we live in this sinful world, even though there's many hardships and things we go through that often make us feel that way uh, or often make us, uh, you know, live and feel difficulties in our lives. None of us want that kind of life. We want to live a fruitful life. People want to live a happy life that makes a difference. If you look at your life, if you look at my life, if you look at anybody's life, we are, we're not looking for misery. We're not looking for failure. We're looking to live a happy life uh, that makes a difference. Uh, and if you know Christ is your Savior, you know that life has purpose and you know that my life uh, should be a fruitful life. I want to do things that God uses. I want God to use my life and uh, I want to make a difference uh, with my life. Uh, and so in the Bible, a person's life is often compared to a fruit-bearing tree or to a grapevine, to, to a plant that uh, m makes fruit. Uh, and a good life is one that bears good fruit. And so this is something throughout the Bible we see many times, uh, a life that is pleasing to God, that God is using, and that uh, is in a right relationship with God, uh, it produces good fruit. Somebody that doesn't know God, uh, their life uh, is often likened to uh, thorns or thistles. They don't bear fruit or they don't bear good fruit. They bear uh, thorns and things uh, that are not uh, good fruit. Uh, and so we should desire to live a good life, a fruitful life, and uh, tonight we're going to look at the secret uh, to a fruitful life. And in the internet, if you search how to have a good life or how to live a fruitful life, what are some tips for life? You're going to get all kinds of different suggestions. Uh, here's one I found from the Mayo Clinic. They give you eight tips, uh, seven tips. Uh, you need to eat nourishing food. Uh, you need to sleep seven to eight hours a night. You need to keep company with good people. Uh, you need to avoid a news overdose. Uh, get regular exercise. Do something meaningful each day and think good thoughts for others. And so those are their helpful advice uh, to have a good life. And uh, these things are, are good things to do. None of us will say, oh, if I, I, I want to eat unnourishing food. I want to get not enough sleep. Uh, you know, I want to worry too much. None of us are going to have, uh, are, are going to say these are, are necessarily bad things to do. These are good physical habits. And while helpful, they are not the key to a fruitful life. You could do all these things. You could uh, uh, get all these different tips and you could have all these right habits. You could uh, have the right uh, schedule and the right diet and you could have all these things and do all these things. Uh, but that is not the secret to a fruitful life. And uh, tonight what we're going to see in this passage is that Jesus, he is the secret to a fruitful life. Without him, it all falls apart. And so you might have uh, areas you're trying to develop better habits in. You might have different things that people tell you you should do to have a better life. But without Jesus, it's going uh, to fall apart. Uh, Jesus wants us to know that he is the secret to a fruitful life. Without him, everything else falls apart. Uh, and so let's look at John 15 and verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Uh, verse uh, 5, uh, the first part of verse 5, he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. Uh, and so Jesus tells us here, 
He says uh, that if we want to have a fruitful life, uh, we are going to need to be connected uh, to the vine. And so he says here that he is the vine and we are the branches. Uh, and so if you look at a picture of a, uh, a vineyard and you see uh, rows of these great uh, vines and you see uh, this vineyard, you notice there's a, there's a trunk or there's a, there's a big main uh, stem coming up and then it, it flourishes out into all these branches. And the grapes, they don't, they don't come off the trunk, they come off these branches. Uh, but if you took a uh, saw and you sawed off the trunk, you sawed off that vine, uh, what would be the result? Uh, the, there would be no fruit. Uh, the branches would quickly wither up, it would quickly die. And that is the, uh, the parable that, or the uh, illustration that Jesus is using. Uh, he is that vine. And so if we're not connected to him, or if we're not relying on him, we're separated uh, from him working through us, uh, then we are going to not bear fruit. And so he is the secret. He is the secret to a fruitful life. It's not, uh, all, there's many good things we can do, but we can't miss this. Uh, we can't miss this. He is uh, the secret to a fruitful life. And so in this passage, Jesus explains this truth to us and also tells us three important things we need to be doing to live out a life of true fruitfulness and joy. We need to abide in Jesus, keep his commandments and love one another. Uh, and so the first thing is abide in Jesus and the result will be we will bear much fruit. And so abide in Jesus the result, we will bear much fruit. Uh, the word abide is also translated uh, to continue or to remain. To abide in Christ is to stay in good fellowship with him, not trusting in ourselves, but trusting in his strength each day. Uh, and so uh, it can be easy to kind of go our own track, even for believers that know Christ as their Savior. It can be easy to just kind of wander off on our own way. And all of a sudden this is I'm doing things and I'm using my efforts and we get uh, we stop abiding. We stop remaining in the strength that Christ provides. We need to abide in Christ and then only and only then can we produce fruit. Uh, and so in John 15, Jesus uses the image or parable of a grapevine to teach us many truths. Uh, in this illustration, Jesus is the vine, the Father is the farmer, and believers are the branches. Jesus is the vine, and to produce fruit, we must be connected to the vine. We must be in Jesus. Uh, believers are in Christ, so the first step for anyone that wants to have a fruitful and meaningful life is that they must have a relationship with Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's impossible to live a fruitful life. It's impossible to live a meaningful life. It's impossible to live uh, a life of true joy and, and satisfaction uh, if you're not connected to Jesus. Uh, and you can try to uh, produce your own fruit. You can try to make your own tree or whatever, uh, but it's not going to work out. Only in Jesus is there true uh, salvation. We don't start off connected to Jesus. We don't start off in Christ. We don't start off in a right relationship with Jesus. Because of our sin, we are all separated from God. And uh, that is the good, the good news is that uh, that's the bad news that we first must understand is that we are, we are separated from God. We are not in a right relationship with him. We are not connected to him. We are not in him. We need to be saved. We need to be reconciled to God. But the good news is, is that Jesus uh, came to this world. He died on a cross for our sins. Uh, he gave his life for us. He shed his blood. Three days after uh, dying and being buried, he rose from the grave. And so what he has done is sufficient to pay for our sins through 
faith in him alone for salvation, we can be reconciled to God. We can be put into Christ. We can become a child of God. And then uh, through trusting in Christ, God will begin working through us and we can start bearing fruit. And so uh, the first step for anyone is to first realize I have to know Christ. I have to know Jesus as my Savior. Without Him, I I can't be saved. Without Him, I can't get to heaven. Without Him, I can't live the life uh, that God uh, has for me that, uh, that would bear much fruit. And so if you don't know Christ as your Savior or you aren't sure about that, you need to realize He is the key. And if you have all your good efforts or you have all your uh, own ideas, but you're not uh, connected to Jesus, you don't know him as your savior, it's not going to take you anywhere. You need Christ uh, in your life. Um, And so that is the first thing. Uh, Through trusting Christ alone for salvation, we can be reconciled to God and can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We can be in Christ and have eternal life. Now, because we're in Christ, he is the vine, we are the branches, we can and will bear fruit. Uh, and so to bear much fruit, we have to abide in Christ. Let's read verses one through six here in John 15. Jesus says this, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse four, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If any man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned." Uh, And so in verse five, Jesus says that a person that abides in him and Jesus in them, that person will bring forth much fruit. Remember, if we abide in Christ, it's not a it's not a maybe. It's not uh, if you abide in Christ, maybe you spin the wheel and maybe you'll get God will bear fruit through you. Uh, Maybe you'll get the jackpot. No, it's if you abide in Christ, you will bear much fruit. Uh, And now what is the fruit he is talking about? Uh, Obviously, it's not talking about literal fruit. He's not talking about you'll have more oranges and apples and and bananas. Uh, He's talking about uh, spiritual fruit. Uh, We think about the the fruit of the Spirit. We think about uh, the fruit of uh, telling others the gospel and them coming to know Christ and a new life uh, in Christ, uh, a new person being born again. Uh, We think about growing in holiness and obedience uh, and we think about um, living out the, uh, the life of uh, knowing Christ and all these things uh, are bearing fruit. And uh, we, we, we should desire to bear fruit. We should desire to see God use us uh, to be a witness for Jesus. Uh, and to be a witness in our words, telling others about Christ, being a witness through our, our actions, living out uh, the Christian life that God would have for us. Uh, and so we should, uh, all these different kinds of fruit that the Bible mentions, uh, these are all good things. Uh, even the praise of our lips, the praise that we give to God uh, is fruit to the glory of God. And so all these uh, things are things that God wants us as believers to bear this kind of fruit. Jesus uses this illustration of a grapevine to remind us the source of our fruitfulness. And I think this is where I get off track sometimes, and maybe you get off track sometimes, is uh, we begin thinking the source of our fruitfulness is in our own 
habits or in our own abilities or in our own willpower and we just have to try harder. We just uh, have to come up with a new plan or we just have to uh, do this or we have to do that. When we forget that the source of our fruitfulness is Jesus uh, Christ. The only reason we can produce fruit is because of the vine. And verse five says that without me, ye can do nothing. Uh, if uh, a grapevine will never produce fruit, uh, a branch of a grape plant would never produce fruit if it is uh, cut off from the vine. It's impossible. Uh, it would not make fruit. Uh, in the same way, we will not produce fruit uh, if we uh, are trying to live our lives separate from Jesus and his power. No matter how smart you are, no matter how many times you read the Bible, no matter how much uh, abilities you have, none of those things can produce fruit. Out in the parking lot, I found this tree branch. And um, all of us know very clearly that this branch is not going to make an apple or an orange. It's not going to produce any fruit. I don't have to convince you of that. That's very clear. Uh, everybody here, raise their hand. We all agree that is not, I'm not going to be able to eat off that tree right there. It is, that branch is, is done. Uh, it's withered. Uh, it's separated from the tree. It's, it's, it's gone. Uh, but in the uh, same way, many times as Christians, we forget. And we think, I can produce fruit. Even though we forget, without Jesus, we're just like this branch. There's nothing we can produce. Uh, and we forget the source of our fruitfulness. We forget the source uh, of our fruitfulness. And so we might produce physical things that sound good, but unless we are abiding in Jesus, it won't actually make a difference. We could build a, uh, a big um, uh, church building. We could say we're all super spiritual people. We could have big events. We could look good. Uh, but if we aren't relying on Christ to work in and through us, even if we do things that look good, uh, we aren't producing real spiritual fruit. And that's easy for me as, as we're in this church plan and uh, as we're trying to organize an event or we're trying to have this activity or we're trying to invite people in and we're trying to you know, promote the, there's a new church in town and all these things. It's easy to think, wow, if I could just do more, if I just did more of this or if I had more time, uh, we could make this so much better. And um, in some ways we might think, well, it would be good to spend more time here. It would be good to uh, do this. But if, if Christ isn't working, if we're not uh, trusting Christ, it's not going to amount to anything. You know, anything you look in the whole world, it's, it's easy to look at. Uh, if they have all the money and all the uh, talent and all the things, they can produce things that, wow, that's amazing. But it's nothing spiritual. It's nothing that is uh, bringing fruit, bringing glory to God. It's nothing that's actually uh, making a difference. And so we have to rely on Christ. Uh, we have to realize the source of our fruitfulness. Uh, if we aren't doing that, uh, we might on the outside look good or we might uh, appear to be uh, living for God or we might appear like we're doing great things, but we're just producing fakes of the real thing fakes of the real thing. And so if we abide in him, we will produce fruit. And that is what we should be going for. Not abiding in or not trusting in my own self, not trusting in my own power, not relying on me, but abiding in Christ and letting him work through us. Not only that, God will prune us so that we produce even more fruit. Look at verse two. He says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. 
the word perch here is the same word as prune. And uh, growing up in my parents' house, they had blueberry bushes and uh, the blueberry bushes would make a lot of blueberries. And uh, my mom would tell us every winter, she'd say, you got to prune the blueberries. And sometimes we'd get around to it and sometimes we wouldn't. Uh, and I quickly realized if we didn't get around to pruning those bushes, the next year, summertime would come and they would have all kinds of leaves, but not much fruit. <laughs> and, uh, the, but the times we pruned them and we cut them back to almost hardly anything, they would uh, sprout out branches and they would produce much fruit. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's just a fact of farming and uh, in the world that God, in the plants that God has made, uh, plants need pruning and the pruning will help them produce more fruit. If you don't know these uh, things about farming, you might think the farmer cutting back the branches would harm it. You might think pruning those blueberry shoots off is going to produce less fruit. But in reality, it produces more fruit. And the pruning here would represent God uh, working in our lives, God uh, chastising us or disciplining us, convicting us uh, to help us become more like Jesus. If you are a believer, then God is working in your life. And when you try to live your life in a way that Jesus is displeased with, there will be discipline and conviction from God to get you to realize the error of your ways. And God's goal in doing that is not to harm you. God's goal in doing that is not to use you less. God's goal in doing that is to uh, cause you to produce more fruit. And see, God is working in our lives. And we have to realize uh, that when we go astray, there will be chastening. And that chastening is helpful for us. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 uh, the Bible says this uh, in Hebrews 12, 11, uh, it says, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And he says, you being chastised, you being disciplined, uh, it, it does, it's not a pleasant experience. Uh, but what does it produce? It produces the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness. So God is working in your life. You know Christ is your Savior. The Holy Spirit is in you. And when you go astray and when you do wrong things and when you uh, don't go the way that God wants you to go, he will uh, convict you. He will work and he will, there will be consequences. There will be discipline and there will be chastising. And uh, it may not be pleasant to go through, uh, but that is helpful for you. That is helpful for me because it helps us produce more fruit. And get this, the Father wants us to bear much fruit. The Father wants us to bear much fruit. Uh, in John 15, verses uh, 7 uh, through 8, we'll go back to John 15. In verses uh, 7, he says this. He says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Look at verse five again in verse five. He says, uh, if he that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So the father, what does God want for us? He wants you to bear much fruit. He wants you to bear much fruit. And uh, that is an amazing truth. Sometimes I remember uh, 
at the training center, I would think, you know, God's using uh, people to bear much fruit, but maybe God wants me just to be a little fruit. Maybe he wants me just to bear, you know, one time or two times, bear fruit, and, you know, uh, do a good thing once or twice. And, uh, you know, maybe this, the, some people he, he, he picks to bear tons of fruit, but me, it's just a little fruit. Uh, and then I realized this verse, no, it's not that way. No matter who you are, if you know Christ your Savior, he's working in you. He wants you to bear much fruit. And uh, the thing is, sometimes when we start bearing much fruit, we get prideful. And we're like, oh, look at all this fruit. I'm, I look at all how God's using me here and he's using me here. And uh, we forget, oh, without Jesus, I'm nothing. And so really God, God gets all the glory because who's producing the fruit? It's not us. It's Jesus through us uh, accomplishing these things. Remember, he is the vine. And so without him, there's no life. Without him, there's no uh, fruit. Without him, there's no abilities. And so it's all coming from him. And so uh, all the glory goes to God. But God desires that we bear much fruit. And uh, if we will abide in Christ... Uh, and he will help us, he will work in our life, uh, we will bear much fruit. The ability to bear fruit comes from Jesus. It isn't actually us doing the work, it's Jesus working in us. Our job is to abide in Jesus and rely on his strength. Jesus will then work through us to bear much fruit, and God will get all the glory. And uh, so if you, if you know Christ as your Savior, you can know this in your life. God has a plan for you. Uh, God is working in your life. Uh, I was looking on the, on the back there, uh, Pastor Trent has a pamphlet about spiritual gifts. God has gifted us uh, in, in many different ways, and we have uh, uh, th- areas in our life, gifts that God has given us, areas that he wants us to serve in, and God is, wants to use your life. He wants you to bear much fruit, and he wants to you to do, see you do great things. He wants to see you uh, live your life in a way where God receives much glory. Christ is uh, uh, be, being witnessed to, and, and many people see Christ through in your life and are, uh, are see their need for a Savior, and you are uh, used by God. That is what God wants for your life. But we have to abide in Christ. And so the first thing today is abide in Christ, abide in Jesus, and the result will be we will bear much fruit. Next, we see keep Jesus's commandments and the result, our joy will be full. Look at verses nine through 11. He says, as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So Jesus tells us to abide in him. The result, we can bear much fruit. In this passage, Jesus also tells us to keep his commandments. He tells us these things because he wants our joy to be full. And so you read these verses, Jesus says, why am I telling you to abide in me? Why am I telling you to keep my commandments? He says, I'm telling you these things. I've spoken these things unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. You see, he wants you to be joyful. He wants you to be uh, living a life filled with joy. And he says, I'm telling you how to do that. You need to abide in me. You need to rely on my strength. You need to let me work through you. He says, my commandments that I give you, you need to follow them. You need to obey them. And he says, the result is that your joy will be full. Uh, And uh, in John uh, 14, verse 23 Uh, If you turn over to 14, verse 23, Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words uh, and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. 
Many times, uh, I, I shared this in uh, uh, one of the Chinese services recently, but many times we say, um, okay, I want to love God. A believer thinks in their heart, you know, I want to love God. And, uh, you know, you think about that concept. Can we see God? No. Uh, can uh, our eyes look and, and, and tell God I love him? I mean, we, we can speak and we can pray to him. And yes, he hears our prayers. But just from a, a physical, non-spiritual standpoint, it's hard. How do you love God? I mean, he's where how do you what do you do? How do you show your love to him? And Jesus tells us it's by keeping his words. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so when we uh, keep his commandments, when we obey his words, uh, it uh, shows our love to God. It shows our love to Jesus. But the result is, is that our joy will be full. In fact, if we live in constant disobedience to Jesus, we will not be joyful. Why? Because the Holy Spirit in us will be constantly grieved by our disobedience to Jesus. But if we abide in Christ and keep his commandments, then we will have great joy. Our joy will be full. You know, it's amazing, no matter how much you get, if you have a goal in life, uh, you know, I remember when I was 12, I wanted to save $500, and I made that goal, and I was so excited, you know, and I was really joyful, but, you know, that joy didn't last long, that, you know, that, that money was quickly spent or whatever, I forget even what happened to it, uh, but uh, you can get things, and you can get more, uh, meet your goals, uh, but these things will not bring true happiness. True happiness is found in knowing Jesus and living for him. So keep Jesus' commandments. The result will be what? You, are, you will be filled with joy. Your joy will be full. Abide in Jesus. What will be the result? You will pr uh, produce much fruit. Keep his commandments. Your joy will be full. And lastly, love one another. Love one another. And the result will be people will know you are Jesus's disciple. Uh, in the remaining uh, five verses that we'll read in John 15, let's read these here. John, verses 12 through 17, Jesus tells us to love one another. He says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it unto you. These things I command you that you love one another. Uh, and so two times in these uh, five verses here, Jesus says, love one another. This is his command to us. We need to love uh, one another. We are to love others as Christ loved us. Look at verse 12. Uh, it says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And it's a really simple statement, but think about it. It's very, it's very hard to fathom. How did Jesus love us? He loved us unconditionally. He loved us while we were yet sinners. He didn't love us because uh, we were uh, something super spiritual or anything like that. He loved us unconditionally. And he tells us to love others in the same uh, way. And so tonight, a uh, very simple message. But the secret to a fruitful life is Jesus. And you have to abide in him. Meaning, don't go try to produce fruit on your own. Let him work through you. Trust in him. You need to keep his commandments. Your joy will be full. You need to love one another. And in John 13, Jesus tells us uh, that if you love one another, by this all men shall know that ye are my 
disciples. And so today, what is the secret to a life filled with joy and great fruitfulness? It is Jesus. Will you abide in him? Will you obey his commandments? And will you love one another? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this evening. Lord, I pray you work in our lives. Father, I pray you help each of us to love you. Uh, God, help us to experience the joy of knowing you, of living for you, and you producing fruit in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.